I'm Woody Huffines, and this is the Owner's Voyage Podcast, a journey to business ownership. In this podcast, we'll talk about how to make that journey more fun, more rewarding, hopefully more profitable, as well as tips for staying away from potholes, dead ends, traps, and washed out bridges. We'll help you join us. Welcome to the Owner's Voyage Podcast, episode number 38. This is an interview with Paul Blanchett, who's the Nerds to Go franchise owner in Charlotte, North Carolina, or the North Charlotte. There's also a Nerds to Go in South Charlotte, and hopefully I'll be able to talk to Steve soon. Interesting things about this podcast. All of these have been very interesting and offer perspectives, but there's some commonalities, and the people who seem to be the happiest and the most successful are the ones that have a good why, and we talked about that very early in the podcast. Listen to Paul's why and why he does what he does, and the importance of constant learning, and the focus on customers and the drive to make customers happy. Enjoy the interview. Paul Blanchett, Charlotte, North Carolina, Nerds to Go. You you came to Nerds to Go off of a, you're reading, reading in your bio, you said that it was involved less travel. What, what was causing so much travel? Well, I was, uh, I was in sales management, so I was covering my last my last gig I was covering, uh, I was a director for the Southeast. And, uh, so I was covering gosh, 13, 14 States. So I was out every day, either working with reps or working with their manager, uh, taking doctors out to dinner. It was, it was a mess, but I did that even when I was, even when I was in the sales, just a, a district manager, I was, uh, I was, uh, getting, uh, I was traveling two or three nights a week cause it was just, I was in a specialty division, so we had huge territories. Well, and that's, um, you know, when I, I, when I was living in Charlotte and working for Shaw, that was one thing, but then, um, uh, we, we had a project at South Texas and down in Matagor County, we were going to build two nuclear units, additional nuclear units at uh, South Texas plant. Right. And, um, uh, the, one of the 30, about the 30% investor in that Evolution was TEPCO, Tokyo Electric Power, and they also owned Fukushima Daiichi 1 through 6. Yeah. So after the tsunami, they didn't have 4 or $5 billion that they didn't, weren't going to have mm. something else to do with. And uh, <laughs> so, so, no, I started, so I started traveling. I mean, and I was getting on an airplane on Sunday night and, and uh, getting on an airplane on Friday afternoon. Mm. And well, well I, was, I was fortunate I never had to do that, but uh, it was bad enough. Well, that's that's one of the reasons that I was that I'm such a fan of Charlotte. One year, I spent 250 nights in the Omni Hotel in downtown Charlotte, which which is not which is not a bad gig. I mean, by by the time by the time you've done it for a month, unless somebody really important is there, when you show up at the at the Omni Hotel, you get the hookers and cocaine suite up on. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So. You were you were doing the you were doing sales um, and traveling and decided to do this. Why did you decide on decide on Nerds to go? What made Nerds to go the choice for you to join the ownership voyage? I liked uh, I liked the, the that it was uh, technical. I'm not nerdy at all, um, but I liked the fact that it was something that I was going to have to learn, just like pharmaceuticals. Uh, I mean, my my background was not in science either. Uh, but, uh, but so I like that challenge. I like I like the, that it was you know, a new franchisee as well. You know, franchisor, I should say they were just getting started. Always like you know, building stuff, uh, being part of that. When I was in pharmaceuticals, I typically worked for, you know, either a small company or I worked for a small division, you know, that was just getting started and, and building that, creating a culture, um, <clears throat> that kind of fun stuff. So that was kind of what drew me to it, and then I'll, the, the other one was that I really liked the uh, the customer service side of things. Uh, everything that I had, you know, all my research into the this you know, market space just seemed like it was a lot of complaining and moaning and groaning about how bad you know the service was from the people that were doing this job. And I always had a strong uh, thing towards uh, you know making sure that we. You know, our my reps, my managers, myself always were accountable to what we what we did, and uh, you know, made sure that there, our customers were happy. So I mean, I, that was like the big three for me. And it's interesting. I, I think 
as nerds to go looks at transitioning from more of a break fix business to consumer model yeah. to a, to a business to business model. And, and we'll talk about that uh, a little later. But one of the things that's been surprising to me is how not customer focused the MSP space seems to be with the people that are in competition with us. You know, as, as we talk to businesses and, and start down that business to business path, there are a lot of MSPs that really don't spend a lot of time thinking in terms of customer service for, for their customers. Oh, no, you're a- absolutely right. I, I, I definitely feel that. I mean, I, we've picked up a lot of businesses just in the last quarter of last year. And uh, for that very reason, in fact, uh, one we got, we picked up just, you know, I, I was referred to by another. Uh, are, are you familiar with Experimac? They, they have those down your way? Well, they, they <laughs> at one time they did. Now in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, you can't swing a dead cat and not hit a, a closed experiment store. Yeah, and the guy – that's funny you say that because the guy that – you know, this guy, he, he just quit. Like he just shut down last Wednesday. But, uh, but yeah, we had, we had done a lot of business with him because, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of Mac stuff that we can't do. And he, he, you know, his guys did micro soldering, and we don't, we didn't have that, we don't have that equipment. So uh, anyway, so he, you know, he recommended me to this this company, and uh, he, the guy was taking bids, and you know, I don't know how the hell we got, you know, with our pricing <laughs> <laughs> currently, <laughs> you know, we ended up winning the bid, and he was like, you know, he said you're about two hundred bucks more, but. Uh, you know, he said, you know, you're the only one that's been willing to come out and talk to me and, and work, work with me through this, uh, all the questions I have and, and this and that. And he's like, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with you, even though you're a little more expensive. And we ended up getting, uh, like a $500 a month, uh, monthly plan out of them as well. Well, and, and, you know, that's, and that's, um, uh, talking to Rory Dunnaback mm-hmm. uh, for the, for the interviews that we've been doing. Yeah. And, he used the term concierge, um, IT services. I like that. I like that. Yeah. And, and I think, and I think that's what I think that's what we're finding is, yeah. you know, if if I have to compete on price, I can't compete with Amazon. Right. And this is, <laughs> right. you know, this yeah. is the same. Well, and that's we were talking about why you chose Nerds to Go. Mm-hmm. You know, when when I was looking at 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 maybe starting a business, that was one of one of my gates for the business was. I have to have a business where Jeff Bezos can't compete with me head to head. And, and I think a lot of what we do from a nerds to go perspective, it, and then being focused on that customer service, uh, being a trusted solution provider, instead of being mm-hmm. just the guy that comes in and, and replaces your hard drive and then yeah. gives, gives you the, that'll be $75 a month or $150 a month or $350 a month. You know, thank you right. for playing our game. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's a I think that's a key. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, I've even had conversations with businesses where they're like, you know, I'm thinking about getting a plan, and you know, th- th- this is what we used to do, and yada yada. And I'm like, why? You know, how often did you use them? Well, we hardly we hardly ever used them. I'm like, then why would I charge you 300 bucks a month? Call us when you need us. And there, like, it was like stunned silence on the phone, and I was like, hello. Yeah. And he was, the guy, I mean, literally, the guy, I mean, it was literally like dead silence. And I went, did I lose you? And uh, he was like, no, nah, I just can't believe you said that to me. <laughs> well, and, and that's, you know, it's, it's the idea of customer satisfaction and the idea of doing the right thing for the customer and becoming yep. a, a, that's one of the, one of the stories that, and, and I think all of us. Uh, that are that are nerds to go owners have one where it's yeah. that same a guy calls me on the phone he gives me the specs for can you build me a gaming machine that does this 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 and this and i look at it and i go yeah i can but that's <laughs> gonna cost you about 500 dollars more than if you go over to micro center and buy this model right right exactly and there's there's that stunned silence it's like wait wait what you're what you're you're <laughs> wait what <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they, they they have a hard time wrapping their heads around, you know. 
but uh, you know, it's uh, it's to your point, it's the right thing to do, and and that's what I and again, that was when I was looking at this market space, I was like, you know, that's like the one thing that stands out, you know, because I had my I had experiences with Geek Squad when I was you know when I was in outside you know when I was in the pharma world, you know, and uh, I didn't have, I didn't have terrible experience, but I didn't have fantastic experience. So if I, if I get, and then you know talking to other buddies of mine that you know deal with you know chucking the truck guys you know that that come and go and you never know when they're going to show up again, I was like you know this market space is is ripe for what you know what I saw nerds to do doing and that's I think that's one of the key differentiators between especially in the last couple of weeks if you've been following the solar winds excitement yeah yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, when we've talked about that on in some of the interviews, you know, it's it's the you know Fred's MSP down the street is not going to be a target for an advanced persistent threat group, right? But they may be a knucklehead that doesn't update their server either, right? Oh yeah. By yeah. the same token, while Solar Winds was the default leader and the the one that Homeland Security and Treasury and all these people were using, they also were a huge target. So how do you balance that? And and part of what I think the answer is, you know, because small businesses like to do business with other small businesses. The business to business model in the concierge service where we're paying attention to what to what that small business needs yeah. as, as opposed to what we want to sell them is is yeah. just is just going to be key. Yeah, I mean and there, and there's so much fraud out there, I think. And that may be a little bit too big of a or harsh of a term, but you know, we had a guy come in um and he was using another break fix company in Charlotte and or actually in the Mint Hill area wasn't happy with him. So he came to us and he, <laughs> we were like, we were doing his uh, computer, uh, his uh, desktop. And he was like, uh, he was, yeah, was running real slow. I think I have viruses. We were like, you know, well, while we're looking at it, you know, let's, you know, we'll see if you need it. You know, maybe you can upgrade your, your hard drive to an SSD. And he's, Oh no, I already got one. They, they did that for me last year. Uh, no, they didn't. Oh, yeah, oh. they they charged them for it and never put one in, and that was the and the reason why it was running so slow was that they had put the old hard drive back in and charged them for a brand new one. Lord, and so yeah, exactly. So you know, we as soon as we opened it up, we took I said take a picture, <laughs> just to make sure that you know, uh, he, you know, we're not you know being the ones you know skeptical on this, you know. So uh, but he man, he was fuming when he left because of that, you know. Well, Not at us, obviously, but still. One of the things that I talk about with, with my guys is that in a lot of ways, we are in the same position that you're in. Uh, our customers are in the same position with us that they are, they are with their doctor. Yeah, right. Yeah. You go to the doctor and the doctor says, well, yeah, you got the, you got the Gafwatchin Mac and you need to take three of these a day. That'll be, mm-hmm. that'll be $185. Thank you for playing our game. Right. And, and you got no idea whether he's right or not. Right, <laughs> and after 28 years in the pharma industry, yeah, <laughs> well, absolutely. <laughs> and they and they give you some. They say take this for 10 days. It's like my my mother and God, if she ever listens to the podcast, she'll shoot me. But I pulled a muscle in my arm, and so she gives me this little pad of red and blue LED lights. That it's like a little flashy thing. Like I'm gonna put this on my arm and the little red and blue led flashy i mean i feel like i'm getting pulled over laying right. in the bedroom at night and it's like yeah she said how'd it do i said oh it's great mom usually if i had a strain like that on my arm i just have to wait around for three weeks for it to get better but with this flashy thing it was better in 21 days so <laughs> it worked it's awesome <laughs> So, so a lot of, a lot of what we do with customers is, you know, and, and, and how easy it would really be easy, you know, well, your muffler bearings out of alignment and the Finnegan pin is not the flux capacitor. You know, they don't right. know. And, yeah, and, and, they, and that's the thing. They use a lot of that language, you know, uh, to, to, uh, overwhelm you, you know, so you don't ask questions and, you know, and that's one of the things that I talk to my folks about my nerves about is, you know, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to talk geek speak. You know, we're going to put it in the language that people understand, you know, and I joke around with, with customers and I, I say, you know, I'm a nerd whisperer, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know anything about the technology, but I can translate what they say into plain English so that, you know, everybody understands what we're, what, what's being done. 
and what's wrong. And that's, well, that, and that's one of the things that you know, in 30 second commercial space, that's one of my 30 second commercials is that, that at nerds to go, we're trilingual. <laughs> we, we speak, we speak English, technology and Texan. I love that. And when, and when you have a problem, we'll explain it to you in English, techno babbler, Texan, your choice, no extra charge. Uh, I'm stealing that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one I stole were from was from Dennis uh, over in Denver. Yeah. Uh, he he closes he closed a a, a thirty second commercial um, competition with we're we're nerds to go Denver. We take the sh out of your it. Yeah, <laughs> I've used that. I've heard that one. I've used that one. So I'm, ta- I'm I'm stealing it. I'm I'm taking that one. <laughs> Uh, I, I threw in O-S-H, O-S-H out of IT. Yeah. <laughs> so how much, how much, uh, how much networking and, and is that, how much is networking part of what you do to help build your business? I would say at least 75%. Um, I, I started um, three months prior to even opening the doors and I was at, you know, going out to as many networking meetings and, chamber meetings and all the rest of it. Cause again, I mean, that was one of the things I did in when I was in corporate, you know, I was, I did a lot of network and I worked, had to go to big conventions and, and all of that. So I was, it was something that I was very comfortable doing, but even after, I mean, I, I was out taking one, as many one-on-ones as I could, as I could get someone to, to meet with me and go into as many of the chamber events and different any, anything that was going on that there were going to be, you know, local businesses. And I, I think that's been one of the, biggest you know positive impacts uh, on our business is that you know i was i i met you last week over on the other side of town you know and so yeah i got a reputation of just being out and about and uh and you know i worked hard to you know connect people when i was out you know and and hey you need to meet so-and-so and and so i got to be i got to be known because of all that and you know and so when we got into the more of the business side of things, when after I had built that relationship and built that reputation, people started coming to me. And, you know, the one thing I told people was like, they were like, why are you doing all of this? And I was like, you know, I've, I've been in Charlotte for 50 years, but I haven't been in Charlotte for the last 25, you know, 30 years because I was traveling so much. And, you know, outside of, you know, our friends, friend group up in church and a couple of other folks in the neighborhood, I didn't know anybody. So I had to really work to get myself known, and you know, and nobody knew what you know, who nerds to go was. You know, they they thought we were all, oh, you're just like the Geek Squad. And I'm like, yeah, but no. And so it was a lot of education around that too. So and so when when did you when did you open your store? January seventh, twenty nineteen. So we we just had our second anniversary last Thursday, and day before Elvis's birthday. And that's one of the that's one of the. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of, that, there's a milestone. That's, that's, yeah. that's one of the things that I've been talking to a lot of the nerds owners about as, you know, it, how did, how did COVID-19 affect you? It, it seems that the folks that had been open at least a year, it probably helped them because they had an yeah. established customer gate base and the people yep. who'd been open less than a year, it probably hurt them. Where, where do you fall on that? We were 14 months in when they did the, uh, announce the shelter at home. And I was just at the point of, uh, I just made an offer to a, a, a nerd to have a, have a work full time, literally like that week. And so then the, the announcement came out. So I called her and I'm like, I, I still need you because we're busy, but I don't know how long, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in the next month. So I said, can you work? Would you be willing to work 20 hours a week just to get going? And she was like, yeah. And after, I don't know three weeks, four weeks, she was working 40 hours a week. I mean, it, we just exploded. We had our best month in August or July of, or August of, this, of last year. And it was, I mean, we, we did almost three times what we did the previous July and it, it just, it just blew up. So we were very, very fortunate. And, I, and again, I think a lot of that was uh, the effort we put forth and you, like we were talking about earlier, as far as the customer service, you know, it was the, it was that effort that we put, to build our, our reputation, get the Google reviews and all the other stuff that you need, you know, to, to bring, you know, new customers in. And, you know, so when the, when the whole shelter at home thing happened, you know, it was, we just got busier and busier. So, uh, I mean, it, we were very, very blessed, uh, 
and, and I also think it's a lot of hard work too, but you know, we were very fortunate that we did things the right way from the very beginning. Timing has been interesting. It's, it's been interesting to me to discuss the timing because, uh, yeah. You know, we we had opened in mid middle of June in nineteen, June nineteenth, um, okay. in, in nineteen. And, oh, okay. So you're and, like six months behind me. And yeah. yeah, and in March we had the best month ever. Mm-hmm. You know, we're 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 looking at we're going to be at break even in you know we're we're break even in March. We're nine months in. We're yep. break even. It's all good. And then yep. it just went <laughs> really it fell, it, wow. it fell apart, which was. Which was interesting to me, and it's just the the, yeah. the timing. You yeah. know, what's ask me what the most important thing about telling a joke is. <laughs> what's the most timing. important thing about telling a joke? <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, you're right. it is, and uh, like I said, fourteen months, and I was like, man, this thing could go south in a heartbeat. And there were so many other businesses, and that I. And business people that I'd gotten to know that had been open for five, six, seven, 10, 15 years that were struggling to keep the doors open. And here I am, 14 months in, you know, don't even know how to open a, or, you know, open up a computer and we're, we're going gangbusters, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. We were, like I said, we were very, very fortunate. But, so, I mean, but it, you know, again, it came from a lot of work and the, the, the nerds doing the right thing and, and, you know, just ha- having the right culture and, you know, within our, our little, franchise the harder you work the luckier you get <laughs> right yeah absolutely absolutely i always said that you know it's like you know luck is hard work meeting opportunity well and i, I don't remember i i love quotes but the the <clears throat> and, I'm, and i'll have to go look it up but one of the one of my favorite ones is a lot of people don't recognize opportunity because it's dressed a lot like hard work <laughs> that's yeah that's another that's a good one yeah uh, you're absolutely right People were, you know, uh, that was again in pharmaceuticals, you know, and working with the reps and that. But you know, there's always the reps that just no matter what happens, they're they're blowing it out, and everyone's oh, they're you know they blah blah blah. I'm like, you don't see the hard work that they do behind 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 the scenes, you know. And you know, if you want to be successful like them, start picking their brain. Start modeling the behavior of the people who are successful. Yeah. Hanging right. around with people who are successful. <laughs> right. Absolutely. You know, that's what I always, when I first got into sales management, I went, you know, the first sales management uh, meeting I went to, I, I walked up to the, the uh, director of sales and I was like, who are the most successful managers here? And he pointed out two or three. And I was like, those are the three guys that I hung out with, three people that I hung out with, you know, every meeting, you know, just cause I wanted to learn what they were doing and how they were doing it. And because they were doing things differently than, than other folks. Let's not reinvent the wheel. Right. Right. Yeah. That, exactly. Right. Exactly. Now that you've been in it, you've had the success that you've had and got a little bit more perspective maybe than, than somebody who's not been as open, open as long. Right. What, what do you know now that you wish you had known before you started? I wish I would have been more, a little more technical or a lot more technical as far as like all the different processes, you know, not necessarily you know, the, I'm talking more on the MSP side <clears throat> and understanding what an email migration involves and, you know, and what, a, you know, how this, you know, what a server does and, you know, being able to talk a little bit better on the, on that level, because I, that was certainly a learning curve on my part that I, I feel like right now I'm, I'm competent. And when I'm out talking with prospect, I can talk more competently with them than I could two years ago selling a tangible thing like a sign that says here's what it is and how you bid that is a lot more straightforward than understanding the technological issues that a business is facing and coming up with a good answer so i think that's going to that's going to be it's interesting that you could say that one of the things that you've learned is having that enough of a technical bent that you can communicate well with a customer and i think that's a I think that's going to be key for us going forward in B2B space is finding a way to adequately manage and teach sales reps about how to do what they do. I couldn't agree more. And to your point with that, because I mean, I'm not sure if, you know, I'm looking, you know, looking back on when we started, I don't think a sales rep would have actually even helped me because of the, of what you just said. I mean, it's, they did one, they didn't know who nerds to go was. And so to walk into a, all these businesses and start, you know, asking for them to trust you with their, you know, with their IT and server and blah, blah, blah. 
I don't. I mean, you have to build that reputation and you know within the community before you can start you know doing that. I mean, I the analogy I use it's like you know it's like going into a uh, into their office and saying you know hey I know you just met me but you know get naked yeah take your clothes off you know like like going to the doctor you know and people don't they'll do that in front of a physician but they're not going to do that in front of a technician. <laughs> 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 and it's and it's very much the same it, you know it's it's if i go yep. to the doctor and and drop trow it's just me that i'm worried about but if you do that in right. a business then it's everything that you've worked for yeah ab- absolutely and it's 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 stripping stripping everything off of their of their entire business and trusting it to a stranger and you know it takes a while to, to build that build that trust uh so uh I, I mean i think i could use a sales rep now or when things you know open back up but I don't know if that would have helped me at the very beginning. And I've got, you know, I had a sales rep from day one. Um, great guy. He was working mm-hmm. hard. He was hitting, you know, 50 businesses a day. And I think right. just the exposure helped us. Yep. Yep. But boy, when, when COVID hit it, you know, either the businesses yeah. were closed and there wasn't anybody yep. to visit. Right. Or it was, you know, by appointment only and you have to get fumigated before you walk in or, if you walk yeah. in, you know, with a mask on, people look at you like you're a serial killer because you're trying to talk right. to them about IT. Right. Yeah. The last thing they, yeah, they're, they're worried about their business, you know, not, you know, not their data, unfortunately. And, you know, we've picked up businesses because of that, you know, that on the, on the other side of the, the map, you know, when things go south and, and, you know, we, and they, they haven't been doing what they should be doing with their, you know, protecting their data. So we've picked up some businesses around that, but it's still, you know, it's like, you know, walking into an office right now, you the best you can do is drop, maybe drop something off. You know, you're not going in there and having any conversation. Spray it with Lysol first and then drop it off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and that's, yeah, I mean, it, it's been interesting. Well, that's what a, a friend of my, one of my bosses asked me why I was, I bought a lottery ticket and, and it was in Charlotte. In fact, I was coming out of the little convenience store at the bottom of First Bank, and he saw me with a lottery ticket. And he said, "Ooh, you bought a ticket?" And I said, "Yeah, a friend of mine. And I've got a deal. The lottery's over a hundred million dollars. We both buy a ticket. So if one of us wins, we can hire the other one as a staff flunky. Because <laughs> you're going to have to have somebody that you trust to make sure the American Express bill get paid, but isn't going to go yep. isn't going to go to Bermuda with ten million your dollars." Right, exactly. Yeah. And he said, "Well, if you win, are you going to quit?" And I said, "Oh no, but you're going to fire me for my attitude in about three days." <laughs> oh, and he said, funny. "He said, really? What? What would you do?" And I said, "I'd go back to mowing fairways on the golf course." And he yeah. said, "Why would you do that?" And I said, "Well, first, there's only one person on the tractor. I'm not telling anybody how to mow. Nobody's telling me how to mow. I, yeah. I was only one. second. When you get off the tractor." you get off the tractor. Mm-hmm. I never woke up at three o'clock in the morning when I was mowing fairways thinking, gosh, I wonder if I mow number seven counterclockwise tomorrow. You know, it's- <laughs> <laughs> I'll figure it out when I get there. Yeah. Tomorrow. yeah, yeah, absolutely. You get off the tractor, you're off the tractor until tomorrow. That's, uh, that's and, great, and the, and the third model. one is it's a tangible outcome. <laughs> at the end of the day, somebody says, what'd you do today? Say, see that short grass this morning? It yep. was long grass. I mowed it. <laughs> Right. And yeah. I and I found that that's one of the challenges. You know, if you go into a business and you say you need a new counter, you need a new sign. You need yeah. a you need a you know, your carpet's drag be draggled. It's easy to go in and say, "Man, there's stains all over this carpet." And you can see yeah. the stains and he can see the stains and then you can discuss what the value of that is. I think part yeah. of the challenge of what we do is everything that we do is to great extent intangible. Yeah. And it's hard for them to make the connection that your data is your business until they, until they can't get to it or it's compromised or, you know, and, and I hate selling with fear. You know, I, I, I refuse to go in there and try to scare somebody into doing business with me. You know, I, I just, I try to have, you know, just honest conversations with them. And, you know, and I guess I'm fortunate in, in that in pharmaceuticals, uh, with my background, I was always selling an intangible because my customer, I never met my customer. Right. Yeah. You know, my, oh, my ultimate customer were, were the, uh, patients of the physicians that, that we, that we spoke to. Uh, so there was always an intangibility about it, but it, so, you know, it, so to me, it was more about, you know, the knowledge we were providing and the, the services that we were providing and trying to be different, uh, than the other, 
you know, 10,000 sales reps or, you know, companies that were coming in that day. So uh, to me, it's the same thing with nerds to go. It's a, like, to your point, it's a very intangible uh, product that we sell, but there's things that we can, you know, the service part of it, the knowledge part of it, you know, doing the right thing part of it, that, that is tangible that people can kind of get their, their fingers around. And it's, you know, and that, and that's where you really kind of set yourself apart. I agree. I absolutely agree. So what's, what's been, what's been your biggest, what's been your biggest surprise on the ownership voyage? I guess how much fun I'm having. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, I've, I've worked harder in the last two years than I I worked in 20 years in pharmaceuticals, you know? Uh, But uh, it's, I'm so happy that I, I don't have to spin stuff to the people below me that, has been spun to me by the people above me. And I know what's going on with the business. I know what our bottom line looks like. I know what our sales look like. I know what our true goals, you know, uh, projections are. And, you know, I'm not having to put this big happy face forward to everybody just to get them to come to work, you know, and it's, you know, I'm able to create the culture and, you know, I can share the news, you know, that of what we're doing and what we're not doing and having those conversations. Whereas, you know, and, and know the outcome, you know, I, I'm in charge of my destiny for the first time in a long time. And, uh, I'm, I'm that I'm having an absolute blast with that. And that's, and that's one of the key points that Catherine Monson made when, when I did the interview with her, and I thought it was really telling is that, yeah. that there's, there's going to be a culture in your company, but if you're not the one yeah. that creates it, you're not in charge of it. Oh, ab- absolutely. And when that's the thing too, it's like, I, I got, I got so sick and tired of having, you know, Again, I was up in upper management and sitting there with the VP and the CEO, and they're all talking about why is, you know, why are the sales reps and the sales management why aren't they happy and blah 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 and yeah, you know, we we got this great culture and I'm like, you guys are the ones (laughs) creating the culture, you know, and you know, you guys talk it, you guys get on stage and you have this great presentation and everyone's all happy and their hair's perfect and their smile's perfect. And then you get in behind the scenes and y'all are terrible people. Well, and you, and you expect me to be a meat puppet, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you look at, you look at us as, you know, in the, as the you know, frontline management or the second line management, and you look into us to fix the problems that you guys are creating. So that to me is, you know, we come, you come into our store and, you know, we're laughing, we're joking with each other, you know, we're having a, we have, we have a great time with the customers, you know, we joke and uh, with the customers and the customers are, you know, picking on us and, you know, I mean, you don't see that in a lot of retail places, you know, and, and people just, they, I mean, I think they just enjoy interacting with us because we're, we're happy. We're fun. <laughs> we're fun people. Dang it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and again, I think it's, a lot of what we're, we've been talking about, Woody, and that it's uh, like when you go to the doctor, you've got this, you've got your, your backup because you know you're going to get a bunch of, you know, medical terminology thrown at you and, and you're not going to understand it. And that's what we try not to do at, at our store, Nerds to Go. It's like, you know, we, we go in there when people come in, they're like, oh, you know, oh, I know that was a dumb question. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, here's the question I asked the, rep, the the nerds two you know two minutes ago, and they're like, huh? <laughs> and, and so they they go, oh, okay, I can I can come in and ask questions that I have without being made to feel like an, I'm an idiot, uh, you know, by the by the nerd. Uh, and so people they they enjoy the experience of working with us, and if things go south, like you know they can do, we're the first ones that say, hey, you know, take accountability for it. We missed this. We should have done this. Here's what we're going to do to fix it. And they stare at us. You know, are you serious? You're actually going to take responsibility for it? Yeah, <laughs> we caused it. You know, and that was it happens. You know, early on, one of those big curved monitors. Yeah, it was a curved monitor all in one, and um, there was a shadow on the screen when we put it back together that wasn't there before we placed the hard drive. And it was, you know, my guy was new, and he was like, "What are we going to tell the customer?" I mean, what? You know, what do we, what do you, I said, what do you mean? What are we going to tell the customer? And there's this long silence. He's, and he, he's, he doesn't know how to say, how are we yeah. going to lie to this guy? But he understands that he's really saying, how are we going to lie to this guy? 
Yeah, because that's what that's the the culture that he was in prior. Right. You know? I said, what we're going to do is we're going to tell him, dude, we we messed up your screen. We're going to have to buy a yep. new one, and yep. it'll work for you until we get the new one in. And that big curved screen may take a while, and yep. four hundred dollars. But right, we broke your screen, and it was like everybody their shoulders just slumped and they relaxed. It's like wow. Yeah. You mean we get? Yeah. You know I. I'm not going to get beat on for this and we're going to do the right thing. Well, this might be a yeah. lot easier to deal with than what I've been dealing with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I've had that moments, even with customers, you know, where you, you get, they come in, they're all upset because, you know, they've been told that, you know, the screen was broken during the thing. And, you know, so they come in and they're all, you know, they, they got their back. You can just see the, you know, their body language and, you know, you come in and go, I, I walk up or one of the, the nerds walks up and goes, Hey, you know, I'm really sorry. You know, this, this hardly ever happens. And here's what, here's what we're doing. We've already ordered the part. It'll be in, you know, next Tuesday, you know, here's, and they'll you know, walk them through. Here's where, you know, here's what's going on. They're showing it to them and they're laughing as they walk out. You know, here, or you know, here's, smiling at least, you here, know? here's a loaner laptop. We've moved your data over to yep. this. We, yep. we, we, we hosed, we hosed up your laptop. Here's one you can use for yep. a couple of days and, and then we'll have the screen mm-hmm. and we're good. Yep. Done that too. Yeah. In fact, I gave, I gave one, uh, to a lady that was going through a divorce and, uh, she had it for six months and, you know, and didn't pay anything for it. I felt bad for her cause you know, uh, the other companies that are, you know, other big uh, box companies, she had just bought a new computer for, it wasn't working right. They they were going to ship it back and it was going to be three months. Well, it turned into six months, but you know, she, she came to us to try to fix it. And we're like, well, if we fix it, it's going to ruin the, you know, the warranty. And I said, but Hey, here's one that we're not using. Use this to get, get going, you know, get back on your feet. And she's just like, okay. <laughs> and she was a happy camper. Walking it, it, out, isn't know? it, isn't it fun to do that? Yeah. And that's, again, that's the stuff that I, you couldn't do when I was in corporate. You, you knew you wanted to, to do, do certain things, but you didn't have the, you didn't have the, the ability to do it, you know? And that's one of those things that almost impossible in one setting. And it's just your lifeblood in another. Yeah. So what, what did you find or what did you think was going to be really, really difficult that turned out to be pretty easy? Getting the, getting the name out there and the word and the word about the business and, and building that culture and written and reputation within the, within the market. Cause again, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have, you know, 300 buddies of mine that I knew that I could walk into and, you know, six of them owned a company that I can go, okay, Hey, here's what we're doing. When your when your contract runs out, come over to us. So, you know, so it was, I thought that was going to be a lot harder uh, than it actually turned out to be. Cause again, it's like, I think we hit that market space where they're big enough in that, in that they, they need some help the other the, the companies that do that work aren't necessarily happy about working with somebody that has five or six computers whereas you know we can go in and and you know it's a perfect fit for us you know and and I, then it's a really good fit for, for the customer as well so it's about to me it's like you know just there's a lot of work getting getting the name out building the reputation building nerds to go uh and but it ended up you know being a lot easier than i thought it was because uh, you know, it, people just were attracted to it, you know? So, okay. So what did you think was going to be really easy that turned out to be really difficult? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh gosh. I, I think it was, uh, I thought that it, the processes were, I, I, I didn't think I was going to have to get into the, some of the minutia that I have to get into as far as the day-to-day business stuff. Cause I'm that, that's not my thing. I don't like to get, I'm not a micromanager. I don't like, I don't want to get into the weeds. So there's been things that I've had to do to like creating processes. This is how we bring a computer into the, you know, to the store. Here's the process that we're going to use to, you know, get it from A to B to C to D and whatever, you know, how further else we had to go down that, that alphabet to get, to get it back to the customer and getting that process in place so that it's, it runs smoothly and it's still a working process. Yeah. And no, I think I've, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot more than I guess I thought I did. I was going to talk to folks that have started businesses from scratch. And I, I don't, I don't know if I could have ever done uh, that. I, I, the franchise uh, platform really helped. 
uh, in that gave me some guardrails that I, you know, I would not have known existed. I think if I just would have said, Hey, you know what, I'm going to open up a computer repair company and, you know, do nerds to go kind of thing. But, uh, and, and that's, that's one of my favorite, I'm cause I'm a quote guy. I love quotes. Yep. Um, and I especially like turns of a phrase and, and the, the form is called chiasmus where it's a reversal, you know, don't let a fool kiss you or a kiss fool you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And right. that's one of the things that Catherine said that I thought, you know, I've, I've heard it before, but to hear her say it, it, it really, she believes it so deeply. It's that, that you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a good way. Yeah. It's a good way of thinking of it. Yep. And knowing that, yeah, absolutely. Knowing that you've got, you know, you're responsible for your little world, but also you know that you've got this support in the background uh, to uh, to lean on and pick pick their brains. And that, and that's what I really like. You know, I'm glad that they finally started doing the group calls, uh, franchise calls instead of the you know individual calls. You know, when you're able to be on the phone or a Zoom call with you know eight, nine, ten other franchisees, you you know you start to build the relationships like this. I mean, like we've talked several times now, and I've talked with Rory several times, and you know uh, Steve Garcia, who you know down in South Charlotte, you know, and I've, I've built. I feel like I've built relationships now that I can call and say, hey, you know, you said this on the call, or I heard this on the call the other day. What do you think about it? And we can start to share those. Uh, you know, best practices and, and learnings and without having to learn it all from the get-go all by yourself. What skill have you discovered or developed since you started your business that you didn't know you had? Some some new skill that's like, wow, I'm pretty good at this. And and the answer can be, because I, you know, I, I ask these questions to everybody. What I'm finding as much as anything, because I had a very broad experience going in, is I don't know that it was a new skill so much as I've reached back and polished one up that I hadn't used in a long time. Yeah. I, I, and that, I, I think that's kind of where I was, you know, I appreciate that. Cause I think that was kind of what I, cause what I do in with this is a lot of what I did in corporate, you know, it, it's high level management, you know, going out, shaking hands, kissing babies, you know, that kind of stuff. And I was good at that in, in the corporate world. You know, I could, I can walk in, to a physician's office, you know, being BS my way around the office and everyone loves me by the time I walk out because, you know, I'm having real conversations with people. So I think that with this, it's instead of seeing those folks, you know, once every six months or once, this is like, I'm, I have to do it every day. And a lot of it with the same people, you know, every, every week or every couple of weeks, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of the same people, you know, out there, and so it's it's being a lot more consistent with it, being a lot more real about it, I guess, is the way to put it. And that, you know, I, every week when I see see folks or every couple of weeks, I have to be the same person. And so it's it, it's being more true to myself and uh, so that, and and being more real about what I'm doing. And I think that's that's kind of the one I've honed uh, in the last couple of years is being being more consistent with how I interact with people. And that's been kind of nice too, because, you know, it's, it, uh, again, you know, when I was out in, in corporate world, it was, you know, I could walk into an office and I wouldn't see these folks for another six months, you know, and they're not going to re- remember me, but you know, a lot of times they did because of the, you know, I did have real conversations with them and I asked them, co- you know, questions that were thought provoking to them, you know, versus just having a, a high level conversation. So again, and so I think that's really helped me and I've gotten better at that since I've been doing it more consistently with a smaller group of people, it kind of helps be, it's a lot easier to be aligned with who you are when you get to choose who we're going to be. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, I I get to, I get to choose who our customers are, you know, and and I've turned people away because I'm like, you know what? This is not going to work out. You know, this is not a good match, you know? Isn't it fun? Look, here's yeah. the thing. You don't want to pay what it's going to cost me to do this profitably. And if I can't do it profitably, I can't be in business. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and that, I mean, that, that, that company that I was talking about, uh, early on in our conversation, the guy was like that we were more literally more expensive, but he ended up going with it. That was one of the, literally one of the conversations we had with him because he came back to me and was like, well, they're giving me this, 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 and this for $400 a month. And I, I emailed him back and I was like, I said, Fanny, 
sign that deal because I can't do – I've rerun the numbers two or three times, and I can't do it profitably. This is the best I can do. And he, he called me the next week and was like, hey, let's, let's, let's knock this out, you know. <laughs> let's, let's get let's get this thing done blah 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 and we we had a one of the most honest conversations i think i've ever had with with a client going back to when i was a sales rep back in 1990 you know selling uh you know computer supplies and forms and that it was like wow we actually had a conversation around this is what i can do for you but I'm gonna. I can't do it at this price because of blah blah blah. And he was like, "I understand. You're a small business. I'm a small business owner." Yada yada. And we had, you know. And at the end of it, he goes, "I think we can. I think we're gonna. This is gonna be a great relationship." And I was like, "Yeah, I, I think so too." <laughs> well, and <laughs> we can and, continue to have this honest conversation. And and that's and one of the you know one of the biggest frustrations that I have had uh, back to the experiment conversation. One of the neatest, nicest, most wonderful people that I encountered when I started the business was the guy that owned the Experimac in McKinney. Yep. And I didn't, I didn't have a, I didn't have a Mac guy, and he, and he was the, and he was the Mac shop, and so yep. we kind of ham and egged it. You know, if somebody would need something yep. that was Mac, I'd you know cut one eight hundred Jeff. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he had to shut down. And one and his Mac guy is is my is I mean, it's, 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 he's like the Mac Rain Man. Right. People bring in a Macintosh, and he looks at it and he goes, "Oh yeah, that's a MacBook Pro uh, first half of 2015. The problem is that your <laughs> thermal yeah. paste is dried out." And it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I ended up I ended up hiring him after the experiment closed. But one of the things that I deal with on social media is people go, "You know, boy, I sure miss." Jeff, because you know, I, yeah, it, it was so he could do this and he could do that and he could, do, and I want to respond to him. Is the reason you miss him is he didn't charge enough to stay in business. I mean, I agree. you know, you you come to my store and you want me to take this 2013 experiment, you know, Mac MacBook Air Pro, which is it, you need to replace it, and you want, and I, it's going to cost eight hundred dollars, and you don't want to spend eight hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, sorry. Yeah, and that, and that's one of the reasons why we don't do the refurbish our own computers. You know, I know that Experimac does a lot of that, but uh, we don't we don't you know piece things together and resell them. And people will come in and they're like, I don't want to spend five hundred, six hundred bucks. I only want to spend two hundred dollars. I'm like, well, go down the street. <laughs> well, now we have now we have done that. Uh, we we have we have experimented with the refurbished computers. On the on the low end, um, Windows machines for people who who all of a sudden their kids at home doing you know they yeah. need they need a browser and right. and that's it and I'm okay with that but yeah the the Franken Max where you, yeah. you, you yeah. take five Macintoshes and make one no I don't think so yeah yeah and that, and that's the thing is and people will come in and like oh, I bought this on eBay I mean the thing was filthy. And I was, and it doesn't work. And I'm like, he's all, and the guy's all upset. And I'm like, I said, dude, you bought it on eBay for 200 bucks. what do you think? <laughs> you know, you bought it from a guy you never saw before. And, you know, you don't even really know his real address. What do you think you were going to get off of eBay? You have, have you heard the phrase too good to be true? <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, it's, and again, I, I, I think that, you know, to your point about, you know, charging people to stay in business and, and yeah, there's, times where you know i give things away because it's the right thing to do and then there's other times where it's like you know no we can't do it for less than this and 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 it's an honest profit you know i'm not i don't gouge anybody uh i mean hell we had a customer last week that we did a 1700 hundred dollar wi-fi upgrade and uh missed that we had charged them a diagnostic fee the first time we went out and uh he didn't call and complain you know he paid the diagnostic fee 200 bucks and then dropped another $1,700 on us. Well, me and my senior nerd are going through the, the bills for the, or the work orders for that day. And I was like, dude, he paid 200 bucks on Monday. And he's like, oh, I didn't know that. I mean, he said, we should have taken that off. Of course I refunded him the money. I called the guy and he was like, what? He said, I didn't know I paid that. He said, well, thank you very much. <laughs> and he, he hadn't even missed the $200. You know, he, he didn't, didn't question 
you know, that, and I, I called him ahead, you know, and told him, I said, Hey, I just want you to know that when you're looking at your, your statement, this is, this is, this is, this is what that is. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And this is what the $213 is that you have back on your card. And he was like, Oh, okay. Isn't that that cool? I, you know, my, uh, uh, my customer service rep, I got this, I got this, you know, credit card charge. And I'm like, dude, where did this, you know, because when you refund somebody's money, it is yeah. not inexpensive from the credit card perspective. Right. Correct. And I was like, what, what, what was this charge? Yeah. I fat fingered this thing and I charged them 10 cents more. Right. Yeah. And went back and, and refunded the 10 cents. Right. And I said, yep. okay, cool. <laughs> right. And I, I, he said, yep. why did you notice? And I said, because it cost us about $5 to give, to give <laughs> <laughs> ten cents back. He gave him five dollars. Give him the ten cents back. He said, "Sure, I shouldn't have done it." I said, "No, you did exactly yeah. the right thing." If yeah. if if yeah. if if don't ever stop and and ask yourself how much is it going to cost me to do the right thing because that's not a question that we care about. Yeah, because it really is not costing you anything. Because it, in the long run, it, it's the right it, because it's the right thing to do. You know, it, it'll it will pay itself back tenfold. You know, that, I truly believe that. And again, it gets back. That's what I really enjoyed about owning my own business is that I can make those decisions and not have to worry about what the fallout's going to be from from higher up. You know, is my manager going to, you know, okay that? As as much as uh, I've enjoyed it, Paul. One last question. <laughs> what's that? What's what's your big why? What what is it that gives you the the drive and the impetus to get up every morning and go do this again. Right. A lot of what we've been talking about, Woody, and that is that I, I, I know I'm making a difference, uh, not only in my life and my family's life, but uh, I'm the, the, the nerds that work for me, uh, I'm making a difference in theirs and the customers that we interact with. Uh, we, we're, we're not perfect, but we strive to be, and we uh, we strive to make th- their, their uh, interaction with us as, as happy as it can be and with the best outcome. And so, and my why is that we, you know, we can go out and, and make a difference in, in that, in our, in the space that we work in and, uh, you know, we can help other folks and, and know that we're doing the right thing as we, as we do what we do. Amen. Paul, thank you yep. so much for your time. This has been incredibly right. enjoyable. Thank you. Likewise, always enjoy talking to you, Woody. This has been a lot of fun. I'm glad we I appreciate you doing this. This is, this was fantastic. Uh, and I hope I hope more of the franchisees jump uh, jump on your offer. I do too. It's 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 a yeah. lot. It's it's been a great deal of fun. Well, that was episode number thirty eight. The interview with Paul. All of these interviews seem to have commonalities, and they seem to have little twists that are particularly interesting. And it was always a joy to talk to somebody else that's in small business because you learn so much when you have a chance to listen to them and ask the series of questions that you have in your mind. And I hope that. This interview answered some of the questions that you have, not only about Paul, but about how Paul does business. This is episode number 38, the Owner's Voyage podcast. This is Woody Huffines, thanking you for listening, and we hope to see you again soon.